0: hello everybody and welcome back to the channel martino puccio matt santangelo and a special guest i think a returning one uh wayne gerard of wayne and rome youtube channel twitter name is the same handle we'll have that at the bottom most of the time um champions league draw just happened so if you see me or santangelo in a sadder mood i guess you could say um that's probably why but we have a big match tomorrow. One um, of the bigger matches or the first big match in Serie A, in my opinion, this season. Um, obviously, Roma off to a rough start, Wayne, and Milan off to a flying start within the first two matches. But first of all, how are the both of you? You go first, whoever. <laughs>
1: Good. <laughs> Nervous. Nervous about this game tomorrow. You know, Milan's no slouch. So I'm, I'm ready for a little bit of pain. Sant'Angelo? Uh
2: yeah, no, you mentioned it. Good start for Milan to the season. Um, but as we saw last year, the two results against Roma were very dicey. The first game being the match for Milan where ahead 2-0, conceded two goals very late. And that was almost like the turning point for the worst for their season. Um, and then even then that game late where they got a goal from Alexis like, Salamacher. So, like I don't know. I think when it comes up when it comes to two good teams competing against one another. I I never get too ahead of myself. I always kind of stay humble and hope that, you know, like the result is there at the end.
0: Yeah. I mean, those were two of the crazier games in in a crazy set of yachts to begin with because both times the home team looked like they were about to secure three points and then they just collapsed. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know you talked about that a good amount, Wayne, on uh, the Kicks and Picks podcast about how Roma really plays towards later on in matches and how difficult they could be. Um, in in a good and bad way, as we know. So, um, but listen, I mean, it was a rough start. Um, in the first two matches, I mean, what can you do? I think every Serie A club or fan has experienced a kind of washed up player like Antonio Condreva has been, where they just score worldly goals on you out of nowhere, and it pretty much cost you points at the start of the season. I know Qualiarella is always a player that has done that to Milan or Napoli, basically a lot of teams. Um, but Condreva there. And then I think the loss against Verona was especially, um, I think more of a kick in the gut. I, I would say just from the outside perspective, I'll let you get your thoughts on that, but just the overall first two matches, you know, you don't have Mourinho there. DiBala already has some of his aches. You knew you weren't going to have Tammy to start. And Dika is yes to, to make a first start for Roma as well. Um, what were your initial thoughts? These first two matches, because again, Not the best way to get this season started when it was already going to be difficult to make top four.
1: I like the first game. I thought they played really good. I think it's, you know, the XG has been really low on both matches against Roma. You got 0.14. And then I think that against uh, Verona, it was just marginally higher, which is insane. The fact that these goals go in, there's been individual errors. It makes me think about, you know, a topic we're going to get to with Lukaku, but at the same time, I feel that Roma has showed up on occasion. Not, not. I shouldn't say on occasion. They've showed up for the better part for 70 minutes out of 90. I do see a good team. It's just the very start of it. So I'm not nervous. I do think that there are some holes which weren't filled, and that's inevitable right now given the financial condition. But overall, I feel good. I feel better than I did last season and the season before, I think.
0: Matt, what were, what were your initial thoughts of uh, just – Wayne's comments and then just the first two matches. If it, I know it was difficult for both of us to watch the match against Verona because Milan was playing at the same time, mm-hmm. but I got I watched the entire first match of theirs where they did play well. Hey, by the way, I started Belotti in, in fantasy um, oh, yeah. that week, so I had him and Uh, But go
2: ahead. Yeah, no, I think um, I think Wayne is spot on. I think there were some good things that Roma did in these first two games that you can try to at least take your um, take from and move forward with, especially you know, game obviously this weekend. Um, or in this case tomorrow, Friday, versus Milan, which is going to be a tough battle for them. Um, I think that, you know, you, you make a good point in the sense that there's still some players that have to settle in and that you haven't seen in the first couple matches, right? You know, you mentioned Dybala, how influential he was last year, goal scorer, creator. We know what he's capable of when he's fitting on the field. So it, naturally, there's going to be some sort of... Um, fall off from a, at least a, a goal production and creativity standpoint when you remove him from the equation but I do think that it, there is something to be said about how Belotti seems like he's motivated there was a lot of talk about you know the, the fact that he didn't really score any goals last year um he can't reach uh, any any goals right he was a free <laughs> transfer um, and they've already gotten a, a decent amount from him so far so I think when you're able to throw him into the equation up front with the dibala, with Lukaku, who um, is, is newly, um, in my opinion, will be newly motivated given the fact that he maybe didn't get the other moves that he was looking for. Of course, we all know that that's not a not a, a secret here. There was talks at Juventus, there was talks at Inter, um, and he's at Roma. And I think there's obviously something there where he's going to be really hungry to prove that to those other clubs and to other clubs that think, you know, maybe he doesn't have it, that he can be a clinical player if for a large, large, se- large part of the season. So... With, with what they haven't done in the first two games, I still think there are some things to take away from. And as I mentioned off the top, um, you know, when they come up against Milan, I think that there is some motivation for that because they know they got to get something from this game. You don't want to start such in such a hole to start the first three matches to the point where now you're having to really chase the rest of the season. So um, I think that Roma, you, we can't sleep on them for sure.
0: Yeah. Um, and especially heading into the inter- international break as well. Yeah. So this one's going to be at the Olympic. I just think like this is kind of the perfect storm for Roma to to get something heading into the break. I and, yeah. and we'll get into why that might be. And that's the Lukaku signing. Wayne, you went live on your channel this morning, I believe, about this. Um, we've seen all the figures come through and I'm not talking about the figures in dollars. I'm talking about Roma fans tracking Lukaku's flight. I saw a statistic. I did. I'm sure it's bullshit, but it was only 50,000 people behind the queen Elizabeth, uh, um, situation. I, I don't know exactly what it was. If they were following her casket or something, but, um, either way, we know when Roma make a marquee signing like this, it's always impressive with the showing of the fans and, in the capital we saw with Dybala last year. That was honestly the craziest player introduction I've ever seen, um, especially for someone that's like at where he's at currently in his career, where he may not be on his prime, very similar to Lukaku, where, and I would even say Lukaku, Dybala, and, Luke, uh, and uh, Mourinho are kind of all in the same situation in the sense that a lot of other big clubs or situations don't truly love them as much. And they're kind of not able to find a home that they would have liked. Like DiBala wasn't able to get the deals that he wanted, where he wanted to go as well. Um, whether it's staying at Juve or going to Inter, Same with Lukaku, like Juve didn't want them. And then we know Mourinho's situation where he hasn't really gotten that type of marquee job that he used to get all the time. So to kind of see this culminate and, and come together here, I don't think Roma could have come out with a better situation and player, to be honest with you, because Wayne, you and I have talked about the Tammy Abraham loss was just substantial, regardless if Belotti would do better than he did last season. Roma were still going to need somebody that could guarantee at least 10 to 15 goals in a season. And you got your guy in Lukaku, regardless of the structure of the deal. This is this is a marquee signing, honestly. Um, and like Matt said, I think he's going to be properly motivated. So what were your initial thoughts of this?
1: thought it was a good opportunity. You get the chance to take a player like this in a champion, somebody who knows the league, somebody who's going to get you at least 15 goals a season, and you take it. Things that I don't like, one, that it is big wages. Two, that they're paying for the loan. And I do have to feel that there could have been the money situated in a different way. It could have been sent to the goalkeeper. It could have been used for a defensive midfielder. Mm -hmm. So I think that the city has a right to be excited should there be this euphoria uh, I don't know I don't I, I think it's fun I think it's cool and it's good but I do think that the excitement can overshadow the fact that Roma is incomplete and the reality is that the club is in a really tough financial position and that they don't own the, the majority of players who've come in over the past two years that the squad is getting older and that you now have you're two strikers, you're two main strikers around like 30 years old and Bellotti, yeah, had two goals, but Lukaku, he had his own situation with, you know, he was supposed to go back to Inter and then all of a sudden he's going to Juventus and then nobody wants him. And then Roma's like, yeah, we'll use you. And then it's almost being treated like it's this massive coup. And Roma went above and beyond to get one of the best players in the world where there's so much more to it. And you see that this is a striker who, was kind of running out of options and saw this opportunity as well as Roma, and it was a good match. I think it is a great match, and I think that the presentation everything's been good, but the the fact, like, you have so many people, like, taking off of work or just showing up at the airport and, like, tracking the flight, I'm like, I don't know, bro. Like, it's good. It's good, and I think it stops at good. I don't think it's more than that.
2: I think, yeah. I think that's a really real honest assessment of of the deal because I think, you know, you can get – caught up in the name and you can get caught up in the fact that, well, we got Lukaku who, you know, he had a monster season under Conte. He had, you know, big seasons in the premier league. He's I believe the the most prolific goal scorer for uh, Belgium international team. Like this guy has a, a pretty substantial body of work. So your first reaction would be, well, we got Lukaku. Like that's pretty impressive when we got him on a loan, we didn't have to spend 50, 60 million in this market for a striker, which is unparalleled. But I think the way you broke it down is, again, it's pretty honest. Because I think, you know, when you look at it, you're like, well, did Lukaku join because he all of a sudden really believed in Mourinho? He believed in the project. He loved the city. Or was it, I don't really have many more options. Let's just go to Roma and see what happens. Like almost in like a prove-it year. Because he knows that he's never going to play another game for Chelsea. They don't want him. Um, Juventus, the fans said they didn't want him. He basically backstabbed Inter as well. So you're kind of going. And then also the Saudi... Um, option was there and he said i don't want that so i I think the way you could kind of look at it there is like are we a second option or like a third option here and that's always going to feel some some um, some type of way and you as a roma fan wayne like i know you know talking to you and some seeing some of the other interactions from roma fans on on twitter and social media there's a lot of pride and and proudness of being a roma fan or from the city of rome where it's like you want to feel a little bit more like appreciated and welcomed. In the sense of I want to be the one option that you want to go to. That's kind of how I observe it, and I think you're 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 kind of bang on too with all the you know, all right, getting out of work and doing all these things. I'm like, it's not like Ibrahimovic, it's not Messi, it's not Ronaldo, it's not like this larger than life player, and I do still think too real quickly and it's my last thing is there were questions about like the his character and like the locker room presence like how is that going to go with a guy like Jose Marino now obviously he has to sign off on a deal like this but then those are the things that kind of play into your mind when you talk about the entire package right the wages the fee and of course any potential character issues that may arise
1: it's borderline caricaturized which mm-hmm. puts me off a little bit where i'm like yeah. all right but our keeper is doing a lot of cuts right now. Not not much of much. And there wasn't a Matich replacement. And Paredes is a decent player, but he's no Marco Verratti. He's not uh, Ruben Neves. Like he's not that guy. He's not Kamara, who's now killing it at Aston Villa. Like that's not it. And I, for three years, Roma has pretty much missed that player. Where I think that it should have been prioritized getting in that player that Mourinho was so dependent on has gone without an answer. And I, 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 I'm borderline confused. Like, it, I don't understand. I would love to talk to Pinto. Like, And I'm sure he did. Pinto knows football. Mourinho better than anyone. I'm sure he requested this type of player. But, you know, Roma can't spend transfer fees. But the, the stuff that has been spent, why not allocate it there and then not spend X amount here and feel like you got to sell off the youth players? Because, like I said, aging squad. And now you got this... Hollywood-type signing, which in reality, there's a little bit more to it than that.
0: Yeah, and that's kind of where I wanted to go with this on just Roma's outlook in general. Um, Again, it really just... There's nothing wrong with ambition, but I think ambition should always be taken in strides. And you do it in certain situations. You don't always just try to be ambitious to hype up the fan base or just get people going and try and be provocative because we could see that happen in the window with Milan in 2017 where they're spending over 200 million euros and 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 it's great to get players with high wages and some of the sexiest names that are in Europe in terms of younger prospects but if you don't have concrete ideas and if you put bandages on situations like the midfield with Roma where it's like Renato Sanchez, Paredes on paper, are they upgrades compared to last year? Yes, but there's a lot of negatives to it. The wages are kind of high. Um, it's great that you get some help from from PSG in that sense. But even Mourinho's already saying it into match day two, where Renato didn't basically have an injury just yet. And he's already trying to explain like, hey, this is the type of player that we have to get right now. This is what I have to work with. And he can't be playing 38 matches in a season in the league alone. Forget about Europa League and all these other things. And to me, that just kind of does a disservice to Roma where I think the ambition is fantastic, but what they're getting on paper is simply the worst goalkeeper out of all the teams that are able to qualify for Europe in Serie A, in my opinion. I think Patricio has been that much of a negative for Roma. Um, And then again, Wayne, we talk about it all the time via text message or voice notes or what, what it may be, but like, there's just a bunch of bandages here. There isn't a concrete plan. And then you could say the same thing for Spina Sola. God forbid something happens to him where his sale value starts to plummet and and you might not be able to get something there. The same could go for Tammy as well, which Tammy is not Roma's fault. I mean, he got injured. You could only do what you can do with that situation. Mm-hmm. But now Mourinho entering in the final year of his contract, I'm not overly convinced by Pinto. Um, they're is a scenario in which Roma misses European competition or just makes the conference league or they get in Europa league again, where they have all these wages, Mourinho's on his way out. And then you're kind of looking into next summer where it's like, okay, who wants to join this project? What, who are we able to hire? Like is a Italiano of Fiorentina better off staying there or coming to Roma? That's the kind of difficulty that I see because Roma used to do some of the best business in Italy for years. And the same thing, they were very much like Napoli in the sense that, you know, if they have to sell off a player, they might need to do that, but they're going to be sure as hell to get great replacements for that guy. And they were doing so well for so long. And I know Monkey came in and, and all that stuff kind of spiraled out of control. But what do you think needs to happen for Roma to kind of consistently make this play here where it's sustainable because now they're really just hoping on top four, which is, which is, it, it's kind of overly ambitious at this point. Cause what I've seen from the top four competitive, maybe there's something where Juve slips up because they look great week one, and then they look awful against Bologna. I guess my question is, Is like, is this going to be a massive backfire if they don't make top four again? And, and would it look like a disaster this summer?
1: It would look mediocre. And I think that the fans would just kind of be, ah, whatever, another whatever season. But then hopefully FFP relaxes going into next summer. There's not the same type of penalties. And then maybe you could see the funds diversified a little bit more. What I would have done, and as I speak to two New Jersey Devils fans, is you're probably going to laugh, but the New York Rangers four or five years ago went through a rebuild. They're very honest with their fans. Management said, we are going to sell our best guys because we need to restart. Because what we don't want is. The next seven to 10 years that we're going to be mediocre and that we're going to finish just outside or maybe inside the playoffs, seventh, eighth seed, like that's whatever. No, we want to take this time now, rebuild, and in five years from now, you're going to see the end product. And if I were Pinto, that's what I would have done. I would have based it around the youth who are exceptional. We see Roma as Primavera stars now sprinkled throughout the league, whether it's at Atalanta, at Napoli, at uh, Milan, or um, uh, at Inter now even too. So why weren't? Why isn't there a cheat team? Why isn't there a Serie A cheat team that had to get done, that these players needed to be fostered, uh, nurtured in a certain way under a certain playing style? And now if you had done that, okay, you would have seen the rewards. And I think as a fan, that's what frustrates me the most, is just this wave of, okay, maybe this year it'll work out. Maybe it'll work out. No, let's establish a plan. Let's be honest with ourselves and honest with our fans. And I think that's the best you could ever do as ownership, as a sporting director, and as your manager.
2: I think it's almost a similar, like you almost, in a way, would love to see um, Roma take a similar approach to what, what Milan did, where it's like, let's get back to scouting. Let's get back to scouting the right types of players, the profiles. It might not in the short term work out as far as us reaching our objectives for top four. And I think to be honest with you, you guys, like, I think that people, you know, top four, yes, it's obviously, like, the, the the aim for any team that's really essentially not Napoli this year, right? I think Napoli Inter maybe are probably the two favorites. Um Although, again, I don't mean Martino said that maybe Milan are feeling scudero vibes. I don't know. It's still <laughs> too early. But I <laughs> think early. ultimately, like, the league has gotten so deep where it's, like, would it surprise anybody to see Atalanta just get into third or fourth? It wouldn't. And I think that we – you know, when you talk about the the past Roma teams that were assembled quite well, and you had the Rajas in there, and you had some of the other difference makers they had in those teams, you know, where they were title contenders for large parts of previous seasons, the league, in my opinion, wasn't as deep, right? Like Milan and Inter were falling on harder times. Atalanta weren't this team that they are now. Fiorentina were a team that was kind of mid to Lower half of the table looked like so, bankruptcy
0: was on the way. Yeah, yeah.
2: so I, I think that you like people also have to understand that it's hard to get top four. This is in the in the eyes of many around Europe the the deepest Serie A has been, and that Serie A has the most competitive league amongst the top five, which is it goes to show you how far the league has come despite all the issues with the finances not being there, the TV rights deals, the the stadium issues. We all know that. But as far as the brand on the field and the competition aspect from some of the top teams, it's never been as competitive as it is now. So I think if Roma were to finish, if me just giving my perspective on like where I think Roma could fit and ultimately would be a good, feasible aim for them this year, if they finish in the Europa League spot, given the fact that Tammy out, they really can't spend the way they want to. I mean, look at the, the deals they've made have been sort of like on the low end with high upside potential. You know, Renato Paredes not a large amount of money as far as transfer fees, if any at all. So they're kind of trying to play that game and see if they can assemble a team that for the short term gets them to where they need to be. They get a little bit more relief, as as Wayne just alluded to, if i find it's a fair play. And they're maybe in the conversation towards the back end of the season where maybe they can make a little push towards top four. If they can get top top six, maybe a fifth or sixth spot, I think that would be a pretty decent season for Roma, all things considered, in my view. But I don't know how you guys feel.
0: I I was just going to say, I think a lot of this strategy, and I'm not blaming him, but I think when you sign a manager like Mourinho, expectations immediately go through the roof. And I think that's where you see it reflected in his expectations, the way they approach certain matches, the way they approach the transfer market, certain fans' expectations, there's... Roma fans are just the best. They're either like my uncle and no, where they're just constantly pessimistic or there's some there on the optimistic side of things and trying to look at uh, the brighter side. I think Mourinho has been a success at Roma simply because he won a trophy there. He got mm-hmm. to another final the year after making top four, as Matt mentioned, it was always going to be difficult and just expecting that to turn around when there's so many other clubs doing good business,
2: mm-hmm. it
0: kind of just, It happens when you have Mourinho there and it's one of the greatest managers of all time. And, you know, I mean, listen, you want to make top four. You want to make Champions League because that was becoming a common theme for Roma for a while. They were one of the better, besides Juve, obviously, they were the best performing Champions League side in Italy for nearly half a decade or so. So the fact that it kind of just has gone back to this I just I personally I keep saying this you have to hire Ricky Masada as soon as possible because I think it's a mistake if you don't eventually bring that guy back because I don't think there's a better match in general for club and and someone who's been in the situation with rebuilding Milan and knows what it takes and in certain areas you could say there's less less pressure on the global scale with Roma compared to Milan but on a local scale like Good luck. I mean, you're. It's gonna be. It's gonna be a disaster. The pressure at Roma is just insane. Uh, anyways, but do you feel like Mourinho adds to that pressure in general of expectations? And there's nothing wrong with that. Expectations are great. It raises everybody around you. But do you think Roma have somewhat maybe fallen victim to that?
1: I do. I think you can't be the second most or most winning after Ancelotti or even ahead of Ancelotti now winning manager. Of European football of all time, and that doesn't carry with you. That's natural that it does, but I think that looking back, it it has been a success. Yeah, um, Conference League win it. Europa League should have won it. An individual error, uh, penalty kick that wasn't called goes to PKs. Bad luck. That was Roma's in the bad bag. So that really was such a disappointing um, result. But under that, Mourinho did coach them to perfection. He got them there. He made the team really come together. So there's got to be nothing but respect for him there. And just the whole debacle with Juventus last season with, oh, now they have this amount of points, now they have that amount of points, and being able to – or not being able to change your starting formation based upon how the league table actually looked was such a disservice to the rest of the club – so I'm sorry, the rest of the league, that when we look back on it, it's like it's not fair to any manager, really. So – Right now, but to answer your question, yeah, totally. You have Mourinho, there's expectations, for sure.
0: Yeah, so um, we'll see how Roma does. But as far as expectations, um, to speak on Milan a little bit, and Wayne, if you need your five minutes, no problem. We ha- we could have Rambo Tangelo here uh, carry us. Um, but, Matt, I want your thoughts on this, because yeah. I know we talk about it all the time, and then, Wayne, obviously you jump in whenever you can. Um this was a really strong showing through two matches for Milan and they're doing very well to start. Um, some of the answers on these summer signings have been answered relatively quickly. Uh, I mentioned this yesterday. Christian Pulisic has two goals on the season already. He already matched Salamaker's career high for a singular season in <laughs> Serie yeah. So that, I know that's not the thing everybody wants to hear, but to start off on a good note is great. Tishani Reinders has looked fantastic. Wayne, I know you've already liked what you've seen from him as well. I've seen you comment on him. Um, just really, I think he was probably the bigger surprise cause he's more of an unknown mid twenties midfielder from the Dutch league and Pulisic is Pulisic. We know him, everybody pretty much on the global scale because of how American sports are covered. Um, what are your thoughts on this? Because now this is kind of really the first true test for Milan too, because it's great when you could beat up on a Bologna and a Torino. Uh, Torino um, in the first two matches, but Roma away to the Olympico, regardless of situations, injuries, players, if Mourinho's on the touchline, if DiBala is there, it is going to be a fight. So what were your initial thoughts on going into this match?
2: Um, well, I mean, I think, you know, obviously, as I mentioned earlier, you know, I think the most of the matches against Roma are played pretty tight. Um, and I think, you know, look, even for, you know, what Wayne just mentioned regarding um, the uncertainty or not really quite sure knowing what the status of Juventus was going to be last year and on the points and how to ultimately approach each game from a personnel and formation standpoint. Um, I think that, you know, Roma maybe are going to this game and they they realize, again, this is their first big game, big test of the season. This is a club that's, you know, they're coming up against. It's in the Champions League. They're hosting them in their own yard. Um, there's, there is a lot of pressure. And also off the back of a Romelu Lukaku signing, there is also the raised expectation for them to be a team that can do a little bit more this year. I know whether we rate Lukaku high, middle of the middle of the road, or we don't really like him at all. He's still a name that is going to command some attention, and with that attention, is going to be expectation to be someone who can deliver goals and crucial goals against top sides. And I think Lukaku's always been, um, if assuming he plays, which I think he will, even if it's off the bench, Lukaku's tormented Milan. Like, he has a really good record against Milan dating back to him, you know, a couple years ago in Inter's title-winning season. Um, And obviously last year, where he didn't quite have it physically fit-wise, he wasn't there. But at the same time, this is a player that is really built and really unique um, to most strikers that we see around Europe. He is a player that... Um, can cause Milan problems defensively, spe- specifically Tifi tamori who's had some trouble against um, you know more physical um, uh, strikers. So I think that ultimately this game is 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 going to come down to I think Milan's defense, right? Because they still have that in their head from the, the the first match last year where they let that one slip. They have to be defensively sharp. The first two games of this season, Milan haven't really had to be nails defensively because they've been in such advantageous yeah. positions. So if they did commit an error, which again, they only committed the one goal against Torino uh, last weekend in a match like this, I think when you have if he's there, Lukaku, uh, some of the other players that they have in that Roma side, I, Milan has to put forth a good defensive effort. Cause you're not always going to have matches where you're putting up three, four goals where Giroud's getting penalties and Leao is doing what he does best. Milan needs to be sharp defensively. And I think that's going to be something that we have to kind of focus on heading into this one. So it is again, one of the true big tests for Milan to start the season.
0: Yeah. And again, projected 11s, um, we'll talk about it really quick too as well. I mean, there's so many different things, but I want to stick to the match here. So the projected 11 is Milan's going with the same exact 11 that they've ran out the first two matches. There's absolutely no reason to make changes, especially before, um, an international break Mm -hmm. as well. So there's no real need for rotation or anything like that. Get guys assimilated during the international break. Those, those are players that stay anyways. Um, so, yeah, Milan going with that. Wayne, I haven't seen too much regarding Roma. I would assume that Lukaku is not going to be starting. If he would be getting any game time, he would be coming off the bench because he also didn't really play in preseason for Chelsea. Obviously, he was training with the youth team. DiBala, as far as I saw yesterday, did not train, and it doesn't look like he's going to be playing, but I know for sure at this rate he's not going to start. So again, what do you, what is Roma really going to be coming out with? And is it anything that could get done within the first 60 or so minutes? Who, who knows with the Lukaku situation? But go ahead, Adam.
1: I think Dibala gets 35 minutes. Roma approached this 3 5 2. Awar starts in the middle. Pellegrini comes off the bench because of uh, injuries right now or just fatigue. He's had muscle fatigue. And on top of that, I think you will see Belotti, El Shaarawy. That will be your two strikers. Not so much of like the inside forward, the way Dybala would play. I think you'll see El Shaarawy run a little bit more to the outside left. Uh, I like the way that he plays there. He'll be looking for the looping ball over the top, as will Belotti. I think you will see the midfield look to counter for sure uh, and play the big ball. Those are the things you can expect. Now, my question is, how the defensive line is going to approach milan if they're going to sit even deeper than usual or if they'll start to take a little bit more space now if milan score early on how does romas defense react do they react the same way that they did against verona where they started to play high up or oh. do they stick to their do they stick to their guns and their way that they know how their bread and butter so to speak so i think that's probably more the case i can't imagine a scenario where even if Roma go down, do they start to play a different type of way? Does that defense push up? I don't see it. I think you will see a steady back line no matter how that goes. Just because Milan are so dangerous uh, with that front three, there's so much speed that they're going to get behind Dorente, Smalling, Mantini for sure. It's just the reality of how good Milan's attack is right now.
0: Well, yeah, and that, that was my question to you, Matt, if you want to answer this, because I'm really curious as to your thoughts on this. So like kind of, I guess everybody looks retrospectively and when they think and talk about Milan, they kind of just approach it with last year's attack. Mm -hmm. This is kind of the real question here. And what Wayne was alluding to, how do they approach, how do they play against a top side like this away? Is that something they come out firing? Because they seemed a lot more patient with a lower block. So if, to Wayne's point, Roma want to come out and sit back, how do you see Milan handling that within the opening I don't know, 20 minutes or so?
2: Well, I think that Milan are not going to really show anything different that they haven't in the first two games. I think they've pretty much shown the type of team they want to be because now they have the personnel to do it. Um, so, you know, if it's the same line that they tried out there where it's Leal and Pulisic as the wingers with Giroud as the striker up top, um, and in that midfield three of, of Krunic, cheek and grinders, I think you're going to see pretty much more or less the same type of approach we've seen the first two match days. Um, but speaking more so on the Roma side, I think there's really... Two ways I can see Mourinho going here um, based on the timing of this game, based on how the first two matches have went for them, but also um, due to the point of that it is the international break coming up. Um, With Roma being at home and with them needing a result, I could see this being one of the classic Mourinho-type games where they take it a little bit more cautious, try to be in that defensive shell, keep the game in front of them, don't let guys like Leao and Pulisic run rampant like they did in the first two games, and just go out there and try to play to get a result. That is, you know, worthy, and that's like okay. We can take something from this. Let's go into international break. Let's get Lukaku uh, integrated. Let's get some of our guys back healthy, and then we have another couple of weeks under our belt of training with the squad. And now we can kind of see um, how we can hit the ground running off the break. Um, or do they try to make a statement at home and saying, "Hey, we've been kicked in the teeth these first two match days. We need a result here. If we're able to do this over Milan, let's go for it." Um, I don't know based on the personnel that they have or could run out there that they, they can maybe look to play that way. I know maybe uh, Wayne could speak more to that or kind of um, touch on that more than I can because that's why we have him on as our Roma guy. Um, but I think that ultimately I see this being more of the way that Mourinho's you know, kind of designed to play his game and that he's going to try to you know, ultimately keep that game in front of him, play defensively and see if he can get one of those like one, one draws where it's something positive after a rocky start that he can take with the guys going forward.
1: Makes sense. I, I see a similar approach as to what Matt's saying is that he's not going to go balls to the wall. I think he's going to play it safe. What going to bunker down, try to hit on the counter issue. That being Milan's defense is no slouch. I wouldn't call no. them slow. So no. let, let's see how that works. Is it going to be, confusion as you have to, um, how do you say, yeah, center forwards. you have two center forwards. I don't want to say tall, you know, muscular strikers being able to hold their own. There's that as well, you know, and those aren't two players who are going to really test a quick back line. So there's an irony in that if they're not going to test a back line with speed, that means the team has to come up. That means they have to move up. And if you move up as a unit, well, then you leave space. And Milan with space is a dangerous side, whether it's Musa, who I see ripping through the center midfield or it's Pulisic making a diagonal run from right to left and popping in where no one sees him. You know, this is a dangerous side.
0: And and that was kind of what I was talking about before and how they approach it. This is Rafael Leal with a lot more freedom than he's ever had at Milan. And that's, Honestly, like I said at the start of the season, good luck with trying to stop that. I do agree with you guys on how Mourinho is going to approach this. Mm-hmm. He still had the four-match club competition ban. So this I, th- I believe this would be the third because of obviously Roma playing their first two matches. So either way, R- Mourinho giving that advice throughout the entire thing. And what Wayne is basically saying with players available for X amount of minutes, whether it's – uh Pellegrini, whether it's um, uh, Dybala and then Lukaku, if they're able to come off the bench, you try and see them keeping it close for the majority of that match. And then you say, okay, here, we take our chances. Because Roma still, regardless, I believe even the year that Milan won the Scudetto, um, and and I know there were claims for a penalty when El Charbi scored in stoppage time, I believe it was 2-1 when we were at the Olimpico. Um, that was one of those matches where it's like Roma just turn it on within those last minutes. And again, that goes back to the fact of what Wayne was uh, talking about. And Wayne, if you have to head out right now, because I saw you drop that, are there any final thoughts or predictions that you wanna give us before um, your time is up?
1: Yeah, full disclosure, I have a five month old. So if you ever hear like rattling or anything in the background, it's my little baby and she's next to me right now. Um, uh, Eva, what do you think? What do you think, baby girl? I think Milan is the most dangerous side but I wouldn't ever bet against my Roma. I know that when this team is put up against the wall, that's sometimes when you see their best performances. I would love to see how Dybala does with his 30 to 35 minutes. I want to see how Pellegrini further proves himself on the pitch because last season wasn't so good. I want to see what the wingbacks can do. Does Rick Karsdor come in over Christensen? Does Pirazzola have a decent game? Um, is the center Are the center backs going to be solid are they going to be organized are we going to see a build up of chemistry compared to the last two matches are we going to see them play 90 minutes out of 90 i think that's the biggest question because milan for me is top top three favorites in the league right now so um
0: thank you for making your first appearance as well eva did i get that right um so Um, Best of luck to you. Enjoy your first (laughs) Milan Roma match. Wayne, we appreciate you so much. Guys, again, as we had it at the bottom of the ticker the entire time, Wayne in Rome YouTube channel. Congratulations on surpassing a thousand subscribers as well again. So guys, please go and check that out. Go and check out his work um, that he has. He has written work as well that you can go and find on twitter uh or sorry x.com and then again you (laughs) still upload some of your videos as well on instagram is that correct or no
1: yeah for sure uh whether it's like you know little thoughts and stuff i've got stuff all over urban pitch other things that i've written about it's mostly italian american calcio stuff that's kind of my mo, my little niche but uh yeah now it's time to go change some diapers i think i got a big one here oh
0: okay (laughs) and it's not my own yeah no it's not your own hopefully hopefully it's uh it's not too bad but wayne yeah appreciate you we'll talk soon man um but uh wayne is the absolute best guys um be sure to check out his channel one of the more rational Serie a fans in general, and that's very difficult to find these days. Um, So Santangelo, I just want to wrap up over here. Um, We could discuss um, the Champions League. We could do that on a different video, or you would just want to get your predictions in for the end of this. So how about we do that? We'll go with Roma. I know I just decided out loud in, uh, there. So again, heading into this. Milan, plus 180 on the money line last time I checked. So that's pretty damn good value. I know it's he a way to Roma. It. But but go ahead. What are your thoughts? How do you think this one ends up?
2: I get Milan two one in this one.
0: Stole it again, man. At
2: two one. I got two one. I actually think layout gets a goal. I think okay. for, for some of the reasons that Wayne mentioned, you know, if they play a little bit higher up in that back line, I mean, that's that plays right into layout's hands. Uh, he loves that space and behind. If you get him in any one v one situation, he's always almost always going to be on the the winning side of those encounters. Um, I like layout getting a goal. Um, and I like him being a uh, big factor in Milan's 2-1 win um, away to, to Roma.
0: Yeah. Um, he also has a good scoring record against Roma. He, do, he does yeah. play very well against them. Um, definitely, I think he had a brace at San Siro one year. Um, uh might've been the top four year or the one that they won the that though. I think it was actually when they won the that though in January. Mm. Now I think about it. Uh, but yeah, I was actually going to go with the same two one. Um They have capable goal scorers. They have so many talented players, whether they come off the bench or not. And like Wayne said, it's really contingent upon how many minutes they play. Something you alluded to as well. I think they eventually get one back. Roma always do somehow against Milan. Mm. Um But again, I'm just I, there's just part of me with PTSD about approaching a team that is very defensive and could be cagey sitting back low block. And I, and I know we discussed that and we have confidence in some of our forwards, but yeah, man, I, I'll go with two one. I think Milan are so creative. I think you're going to see a little bit better of a uh, Chukwese off the bench and someone like Noah Okafor as well. Um, and then we'll end up seeing what happens with that. So yeah, two to one. Um, we're going to be reviewing really quick on our channel as well. So check out the champions league preview and some of the small market stuff that we're going to be doing. Follow Wayne. If you have not already, Santangelo's uh, Instagram, uh, sorry, Twitter has been right there at AC Milan, bros. Also plug your golf stuff, by the way. So if anyone loves golf, Santangelo, big golf guy. So he's starting up on oh, Instagram. I'll share
2: Yeah, I'll share that. I'll share it at a, at a later point when I feel like I have more content up there, but, uh, yeah, if you guys are big golf fans and you love some golf content, I have some stuff coming your way as well. Just something different. I know people probably follow me on Twitter for my you know, my Milan takes, opinions, my please win tweet, all that good stuff. Um, but I do like golf quite a bit, so um, just keep an eye on for for the details on that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, again, thank you to Wayne. Um, thank you to Santangelo, as always. So, we'll see how Milan and Roma play out, and we'll see you guys later.